Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. Last week's episode, I talked about how Jesus cares about our mental health, and the Bible clearly communicates us being well in our soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotions. Today's show is titled, What's Trust Got to Do With It? I take this from the song from Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? So what's trust got to do, got to do with it? I want to start by praying and invite the Holy Spirit into the show. So Holy Spirit, I welcome you into the show, into the space, into the home or the car, wherever the listener is at right now. I pray that the listener will just give you all their worries and concerns and allow this moment to be between you and them. I give you this time in my words, and I pray that my mouth speaks your will and blesses each person who hears what I have to say. I pray that anything I say that is not helpful to the listener, they let that go and allow what you need them to hear to impact them deeply. I pray for an increase of trust for you, God, and I pray peace, healing, and freedom upon every listener. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs to it and is safe. I pray this in your holy, mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I remember one moment where I was in the middle of worship at church in Minnesota. I was grumbling and I was complaining about my husband. He was the problem, not me. That's what my focus was on. I'm not sharing this to shame myself at all, but this is just where I was at at the time, and that is absolutely okay. And if this is where you are, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to get everything out to him, even if it is grumbling and complaining. However, he doesn't want us to stay camped in that place of negative thoughts. So anyways, I'm spinning in my thoughts in the middle of worship. I'm not taking every thought captive, which is 2 Corinthians 2.10. I was partnering with fear and hopelessness. So we have to remember where I'm at, though. I'm in church. I'm in worship. I'm around people praising the Lord, worshiping God. This is exactly where I need to be with my troubles. I'm trying to get into it, but I'm busy with my troubles. You know that feeling where you're trying to let go and get into the moment? I think that I'm distracted. So I'm thinking that I'm doing this wrong. But then I heard a quiet whisper. I'm not someone who hears, you know, really clearly from the Lord at this time. It was very new to me to hear from God, but I very clearly heard something. And I heard this word, trust. I knew it was God because all of a sudden my head shifted and the complaining left. I got this clear kind of download and vision from God. It's kind of hard to explain, but I know that the complaining left And I felt love from God. It was almost like the concerns went away. My perspective changed. I felt like from that one word, I heard that if I trust God, I need to trust my husband. 
that trusting my husband is trusting God. The more that I trust him, the closer I'll get to him and the closer I'll get to God. This is true with other people in our life. Is there anyone that you're putting walls up between? Who are you struggling to trust? When we put up walls between ourselves and our loved ones, we're actually putting up a wall between God because he needs us to be relational. This is how we are. It's how we're made. When we have these walls, depression, anxiety increases, and so does our struggles with our relationships. And we're not operating from our identity in Christ and trusting in him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust is really important. It allows us to have confidence in and walk more freely with God's promises. We can then let go of things that don't matter to God. They might matter to us, but because we're walking with God, he shows us, let's let this go. And you're not offended. You can let it go. But when we don't trust God, we rely on our own understanding and we fight for our own beliefs, whatever that is that we're offended about. And it's exhausting. For example, how I was describing my language to God in worship was truly complaining about what I perceived my husband wasn't doing. When I trust in God, what my eyes see and my ears hear change to line up with what the Lord's prayer says on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not ignoring issues, especially if there is domestic violence or if you're not in a safe place. That is priority. You need to get out of there and you need to get into a safe place. That is courage. But what I'm talking about is what's in our mind because what's in our mind affects our mental health. When we are so focused in our mind, not on God, we struggle to hear from God and we struggle to know what he wants for us. I was merely struggling with my own needs in the middle of church. That's actually okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the spinning and then setting up tent with complaining and negative thoughts isn't. That's what we don't want to do. We want to recognize it, trust the Lord, give it to him so then he can show us what he has in replace. You want to ask yourself, how long have I been grumbling about this issue? If you have something that you're struggling with right now, it's okay. But my question is, how long has that been a struggle? The Lord doesn't want it to be a struggle for longer than seasons. We have seasons in our life where we go through things and it actually helps us. It teaches us these transitions, these times. But when, when there's years of depression or years of anxiety, we've got to ask him, what is it that's going on? How can I get out of this? Leaning on our own understanding of this will only grow what the enemy wants, which is less trust for ourselves, less trust for God, and less trust for the, our relationships and the people around us. When we trust God, we hear and see things from heaven. Psalms 91, 1 through 2 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So we are protected in the covering of the Lord, and he will guide us in the quiet whispers of wisdom when we trust him. So I pray for the eyes of your hearts to be enlightened so you will know the hope of which God has called you. What is trust? The American Heritage Dictionary definition says that it's a firm belief in the integrity, ability, 
or character of a person or thing, or confidence. So you're having confidence in something, in God, in a person, in yourself. Charles Feltman is the author of The Thin Book of Trust. He defines trust as choosing to risk making something you value or important to you vulnerable to another person's actions. So this is sometimes why we struggle to trust because we have to be vulnerable. He says that distrust is what I have shared with you that is important to me isn't safe with you. So when we experience distrust, we then keep people at a distance. And it's a recipe for increased isolation, loneliness, and depression. Let's see what the Bible says about trust. I feel I can get confused between faith and trust, but trust is very different from faith. Faith is a gift from God. I may have faith in you because God gave me the gift of faith that I accepted from him, but I don't trust you. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of works. So we can actually trust people because of our faith. I might be struggling with someone, but I'm going to step in. I'm going to say, I trust you, God, because you want me to trust them. When we believe in the promises of God, even if the circumstances don't seem very good in front of us, and because of past hurt that we have, he will give us the grace and we let people in. And we have confidence in God and we trust him that he's going to guide us through this. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Even if something isn't going well with a relationship, we can turn to God and we can ask him for wisdom through it. Help me to trust, Lord. Help me to move forward with this relationship. The result will be more peace, love, joy, and harmony. So we now know what trust is and why it's important. How do we get there? How can we increase trust with the Lord? And how do we have better relationships with other people? I'm going to bring information from Brene Brown. She is a social worker, a researcher, and an author. She's created curriculum, books, podcasts about authenticity, vulnerability, and relationships. I have gone through her work personally. She calls it the Daring Way Certification. I am a Daring Way Certified Facilitator. It means that I have access to her curriculum. When she first started doing her research, she wanted to know what makes connection, and she found that vulnerability was the key. Vulnerability is what makes connection, and so we have to be vulnerable with other people to increase that connection. So like if I'm vulnerable here on this podcast and I tell you something that I'm struggling with, you start to trust me more. You start to feel safe with me. You start to think, okay, maybe God actually is wanting her to do this podcast. God is using her and I'm starting to trust her. It feels real. There's, I'm being vulnerable. You start to trust me. And when we're legit and we're vulnerable with people, trust increases. We have to be able to learn to be vulnerable to be able to trust people. I'm going to use some of the work that she has around trust. I'm going to share with you about this. I want you to think about what does God want for you to do that you're afraid to step forward in? What dreams has God put in your heart or desires that he has given you that you're afraid to pursue because of maybe comments other people have put on you or said He gave them to you. We need to not be blaming other people. We need to let go of those comments. One of the things that Brene says is that trust is built slowly and over time. Even though 
we are saved and we say yes to Jesus, it does actually take time for us to trust because our trust meter has been broken down from the world, from comments, from things that we've experienced from other people. It's not from God. Sometimes we think that it's God and we blame God, but it's actually not him. Someone like me, I ask a lot of why questions. I want to know why. And although these questions are really beautiful and God actually made me very inquisitive, sometimes my questions can actually keep me further from God because I'm focusing on the why and the cause. He focuses on the solution. He focuses on what can we do about this and the why actually goes away. So I'm not saying don't ask the why, Continue to keep seeking the Lord as you are asking why and wanting to know the cause because it's beautiful knowing the why, knowing the cause can actually unlock things. It's how healing can happen because when it comes to trust, we can put up walls and we can give up because of the pain that we've experienced from other people. And God does not want us to do that. Man will hurt us. But we need to trust in the Lord, heal from the hurt from man and continue to be brave with relationships. What is the recipe we need to build trust? Brene has a braving acronym that she uses to identify the elements of trust. Without it, we cannot have real connection, no real love, and no real belonging. Things that we have to have as humans. What I'm gonna share with you now is gonna be really helpful to answer some of the why questions you might have with people in your life, God or even yourself. It'll help you answer some questions, make you feel like you're not crazy with certain people and situations, and give you clarity with others. I want you to pay attention to this list though with some of the things that you might be struggling with yourself and that you need to work on on your own. The first one is B for boundaries. You respect my boundaries. When you're not clear about what's okay and what's not okay, you ask. You're willing to say no and you respect that. If you tell a friend that you're going to your mom's retirement party and not her kid's birthday party, that friend will respect your boundaries. If they get upset or angry because you're choosing something over them, then they're not respecting your boundaries. And if you get caught up in those emotions, then you're not respecting your own boundaries. God respects our own boundaries and gives us free will. We get to choose what we do, who we hang out with, what we put our time into, and God is right there with us. The second letter is R for reliability. I can count on you to do what you say and do what you will do in our relationship. You do what you say you'll do. With this one, we need to be aware of your competencies and limitations so you don't overpromise and you're able to deliver on commitments and balancing priorities. If you continually have a friend that cancels last minute, trust is going to go down because you know that maybe they're not going to show up. You start to know that. It's the same with you. Do you show up when you say you will? Do you say, I'm going to volunteer and then you don't come? Maybe you can't come, but communicate and say that you can't. That increases reliability as well. With work, don't overpromise a project with the timeline you can't commit to. And then last minute, say, oh, I just couldn't get to it. I didn't have enough time. We need to tell our employer, people around us up front, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to it. That's not failing. That's being reliable. So that increases trust. Jesus is reliable. We can count on him. A is for accountability. You own your mistake, apologize, make amends. When we hurt each other's feelings or we drop the ball, we acknowledge it. We apologize and we say sorry. We can own our stuff. We fix it. We clean it up. Accountability is really important with marriages, moving on, healing, and forgiveness. We're going to make mistakes and we have to be able to take accountability for them. Blaming others keeps distance. Jesus is very much accountable. He died on the cross for all of our sins. This is absolutely accountability. 
and we need to live the same. The next letter is V for vault. You keep secrets. You don't share information or experiences that are not yours to share. I need to know that my confidences are kept and that you're not sharing with me any information about other people that should be kept confidential. And you don't share things with me that are not yours to share. This is where gossip can come up. We sometimes think that gossip brings a connection to someone or sharing gossip about someone else that we're actually concerned and we want to pray about them. What I'd say about this is check your heart. Where is your heart? And is it something that you need to share or is it actually someone else's business? And this is probably the best thing about Jesus. He keeps our secrets. We know he is not going to tell anyone about what we tell him. I is for integrity. You choose courage over comfort. You choose what is right over what is fun, fast, and easy. And you choose to practice your values rather than simply professing them. You take the tough road. You are who you say you are. Integrity really is what's doing right even when nobody's looking. I'd say my integrity grew more when I when my personal relationship with Jesus increased. I wasn't just doing things for show. I was doing it because I love Jesus and I want to please him. You may have had a grown-up say to you, "Well, Jesus sees what you're doing," or some, you know, when you were a little kid and someone would say, "Jesus sees what you're doing," to somehow motivate you and shame you into doing the right thing because Jesus said you should. And honestly, yes, this is the truth, but the way it said should be said more like this. Sweetie, Jesus is right here with you and he loves you no matter what. He is in everything that you do, think, and he loves you unconditionally. Let him guide you and teach you from the inside. See, the Holy Spirit is really gentle with us and kind and works with where we are at at the time. The Holy Spirit is not like the adults that we have grown up with. And I'm not saying that they were wrong. Us humans can be imperfect and we can interpret God to be like adults that we've had in our life. And it actually inhibits us from knowing and hearing from the Holy Spirit as this perfect father, friend, and advocate. He is the mighty counselor. N is for non-judgment. I can ask for what I need and you can ask for what you need. We can talk about what we feel without judgment. If I share something with you, you work your hardest to stay out of judgment. If you have a friend who shares with you that they've been late to work for five days and you respond with, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you've been late for that much. I own a business and I would not be okay with that. That would drive me crazy. This is judgy. It tells the other person, you aren't okay. You need to be different. Even though they're making a mistake and they know that, but it's why they're going to you and they're talking to you. So we need a non-judgmental friend to love them where they're at and we need to be that for other people. Jesus is absolutely non-judgmental. This is why he, he's called the mighty counselor. We can be in the middle of a total mess and he will be kind, gentle, and he will love us through it. In fact, if we truly let him in and give him the mess, so this is emotionally in your mind, giving him the mess, seeing it going to the cross, he will literally show us solutions to get us through it, sometimes without much hurt caused along the way. The key here is learning to trust him, to share it with him, because you believe that he is non-judgmental. And the last one is G for generosity. You extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. You believe that people are doing the best they can with what they have. If a friend says something to you that is hurtful, you don't have an adult tantrum, give them the cold treatment, stop talking to them. You want to go to your friend and you want to say, you know what you said that other day or yesterday, I was hurt by it. You want to allow them to hear your hurt and clarify what happens? 
when you have generous assumptions, you don't attack and you don't get offended that people are horrible and causing a war against you. You assume that perhaps maybe they meant something different or maybe you need, need information or maybe they need to apologize. You still might get hurt, but you're clear when you communicate instead of marching around huffy and puffy and hurting a bunch of other people in the process of you not believing the best in your friends and the people around you and not using healthy communication skills in the process. Self-trust works the same way. This BRAVING acronym is the same with self-trust. One of the greatest losses is when we stumble and then we lose our sense of trust for ourselves. Did I set my own boundaries? Can I rely on myself? Am I guarding more in my own stories in my own vault? Am I extending generosity when am I, when I, with myself? I went through a long period where I would tell God, I trust you, but I don't trust me. Help me, God. Because I really didn't trust myself to right, make the right decision. I felt like I was still learning discernment and kind of hearing from God versus hearing from myself. And I would crumble in the face of people that I just couldn't stand up to. And I couldn't find my words. I'd kind of wheeze and I'd stop trusting myself to speak up and I just stayed silent. So if this is you, just know that God can bring you to trust yourself. Look at the elements of trust. Which ones do you need to work on? And can we ask God for help with that? We don't, God doesn't want you judging yourself. And the opposite of trust is not failure, disappointment, heartbreak, or pain. Trust and pain occur together, and they can. What we need to do is we need to pick ourselves back up and keep going. We have to find the courage to braving again, okay, going back to the braving acronym, and trust someone again. We start a relationship again. We go say sorry when we're angry and frustrated. We bravely go tell that person that you feel hurt when you're scared about I don't know how you're going to respond. You take a chance that maybe they'll hear you. Maybe they will respond by listening. So who has your trust? Who are the people in your life that you know you can trust with anything? If you don't have these people, who could they be? I want you to think about this and I want you to step forward into who are the people that I can trust and who do I need to reach out to? Who are the people that I maybe need to ask for prayer for and start to be vulnerable with? Because you know what? I think I can trust them. I think I can open up to them. The two ways that we can increase trust with God is reading the word of God, which is getting to know him, and then just spending time with him and focusing our attention on him, whether that be hunting in the woods or going for a run or even time in worship. You're focusing on Jesus. So get your mind on him. I sometimes will have a vision of myself actually walking with Jesus in this field, this field with this long grass, and I can immediately get myself out of a situation that doesn't seem very promising and can be kind of negative. My thinking shifts and my emotions shift. And so this is how our mental health can change when we get in the word of God, we feed ourselves on what he says about us, and we spend time with him getting to know him. What happens is you increase trust. Just like if you hang out with a friend, when you hang out with them and you are vulnerable and you open up, your trust increases. It's the same with God. It's the same with other people. Thank you so much for listening to this. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for an increased trust that we can move forward in relationships that we have that maybe have been broken and also to heal any hurt and offenses. So God, I just lift up the listeners right now and I pray grace over hurt, offenses, and pain from others. I pray for healing over these past experiences. I pray, God, for the walls to come crumbling down and where there needs to be boundaries, 
where there continues to be hurt, you help them to keep boundaries because you don't want us entering into pain more and more. But help us to be brave, to trust ourselves, to heal from past hurts, and to step forward in a relationship with you that is deeper and more vulnerable than we ever thought. I pray, God, for grace to have forgiveness for other people. Forgive us, Lord, for not trusting you. Help us to be strong, Lord. Thank you for being patient with us, Lord, as we learn your ways and for being such a great teacher as we mess up. I pray, Lord, that every listener will trust in the Lord with all of their heart. They will not lean in their own understanding, and in all their ways they will acknowledge you and that you will direct their paths. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Each week I will be doing different shows on many different topics. And on Thursdays, every other Thursdays, I will have guests with encouraging stories of hope. If you missed our guest last Thursday, go back and check it out. Her name is Denise Reed, and she is a powerful woman with an amazing story of overcoming a diagnosis of bipolar, depression, schizophrenia, and suicidal thoughts. So go back and listen to it. If you want to know more about me, my counseling website is bridginghopecounseling.com and my personal website is heidimortensenlmft.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast show wherever you listen, and I'd love it if you could rate the show and share it with your friends. I also would encourage you to go to the contact section on my website, share with me testimonies that you've had, um, give me feedback, and also future show topics. I want to hear from you. This show is about you, and it's about God, and so I care about the questions you have and the topics that you would like to have. And I also want to give a shout out to Charisma Media. This is the network that I'm doing this podcast through. And I want to encourage you to download the free Charisma Plus app with the link in the show notes. You will stay up to date with news through a Christian lens and stay connected to the Holy Spirit with other podcasts and articles. They also have an amazing bookstore. Right now they are featuring a spiritual warfare Bible in the in the month of September. This Bible is amazing. So when you download the app and make a purchase at the link, you help support this podcast. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you at the next show. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.